Hello, everyone. You're listening to uh, the Late Morning Program with Namras. This is episode 47. This is the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. <laughs> I'm here with my friend Kishori Johnny. Kishori, thank you for joining me. Oh, so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So today, um, I wanted to hear about Kishori's life, and uh, but before we start, I want to just uh, kind of like talk a little bit about the title. Uh, the title of this podcast is Vedic Fen- Feminism, Empowering Women in Krishna Consciousness. So maybe we can kind of a little bit discuss what the thought process was for us behind the title and uh, what that is maybe and kind of where we want to go with that today in, in our discussion. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a touchy, you know, kind of title. Yeah. And uh, for, for 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 me, it was mostly about like a like a clickbait title because I know when when people see that kind of thing, they like to click and they want to tune in. So, anyways, Kishori, why don't you go ahead? Right, I I I I uh, not really mentioned the feminism part just because I was I wasn't so sure. I did mention it, but I was like, maybe we should leave that out because <laughs> Sorry, I, I just ran with it. It's all good. It's all good. I think um, it's meant to be. So <laughs> for anyone listening, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, just off, off, right off the start, right off the bat, we'd like to just apologize <laughs> for anyone who might feel triggered by these words, which are, you know, quite laden, a lot of baggage sometimes. And you know, people right, right. feel so many different emotions when they hear uh, the word feminist, you know, especially mm. in this con, or they hear the Vedic woman that also has a lot of triggers for a lot of people depending on where, where you're on in your journey in ISKCON. So I do think that they could be reconciled. I really believe that, that they're actually in one sense synonymous. (laughs) You know, if you, if you try to understand what is the goal of feminism, you know, um, it's not simply equality. uh, Although in, in a kind of superficial way, yes, we, we do expect a reasonable sense of equality, being treated with respect and all that. But actually, there's many different forms of feminism. One of them is quite popularly known as cultural feminism, where, where it's not about equality because we're not equals. And it's uh, it's okay to say that. <laughs> now it's okay. Right. <laughs> it's an accepted um, idea that we're not inherently okay. I mean, uh, the exact same and therefore equality on the basis of just the externals isn't really going to be meaningful mm. so cultural feminism um, sometimes goes by accepting that the difference and then uh, finding our source of power and empowerment within the differences wow so it's not about it's not about me trying to become a man or or or, or the man saying well you know <laughs> uh you're not enough until you're uh, equal. Uh, uh, just th- these kind of, we have all these narratives um, that, that um, can mean so many different things depending on our experiences. Right. Um, so just th- this, uh, this whole feministic idea, the way I'm, I'm looking at it, is that, that um, we want to find our, ourselves in, 
in what does it truly mean to feel empowered? Um, what does it mean to be a woman? And where, how is that uh, going to be a source of empowerment for me? That's how I feel. I, I truly right. find a lot of empowerment in the fact that I'm a woman. <laughs> I don't feel like right. I need to become a man <laughs> or like I have to prove myself in any way. I don't feel like I have to prove myself anymore. I may have felt like that before, but... That's really interesting um, that you're saying that you you felt like maybe you did feel like that before, and I'd like to hear that as, as this discussion goes on. But yeah, um, thank well, you for... Many, for yeah, we ahead, get all these messages from society, right? Uh, that, you know, that, that in a sense, when we say you can be anything, it's almost like uh, you can be anything, just don't be just a woman. <laughs> Sometimes it's like a lot of the push for me in the early days used to be, well, I just want to do something so that I can, I can show the world that I'm not just a woman. Mm. Uh, um, it's weird. It's a, I don't know if I'm, this is going to really connect with too many people, but if you grow up in Iskan and you kind of hear a lot of the narratives that are, I would say, a misrepresentation of the true Vedic woman, actually. There's a lot of, Stuff that got lost in translation, in my like opinion. Maybe, like maybe like things that Shastra says or things that Prabhupada yeah. may have said, then that's that's misconstrued, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. In, in, in the sense that it's not truly understood because maybe it was out of context or or because this, there's this cultural uh, disconnection. You know, the, the Prabhupada had to literally uproot this culture and replant it in a place where it wasn't native and so having to re-explain everything in a way um, uh, that, that it's bound to have some gaps in understanding mm. and practice right and i for one definitely felt that growing up sorry i just want to now also go back and just touch on okay so we mentioned the feminist aspect but also the vedic sure. woman aspect i feel like even that is a uh, quite uh, often a trigger for a lot of people because um, many, you know, many people think that women are not regarded, respected, or um, that it, it's just somehow, oppressed. yeah, oppressed, suppressed. There's a lot of misogyny in the Vedic understanding of women, but <laughs> I would argue that there isn't. I would argue that. Um, it depends on how you're looking at it. It depends on what narrative we're hearing. It depends on who's doing the talking. Right. So my experience of it actually is that the, the, the real, true Vedic woman is one of the most liberated, the most revered, the most respected, the most um, powerful, empowered woman. Um, so... I just want to share that, that they're not um, contradictory, actually. Mm. Women in Iskan or being a woman in, uh, um, with, within this three dharma doesn't mean that we have to um, be oppressed or uh, somehow disregarded. But, um, so so that, that's part of this, this discussion today. And right. <laughs> it's uh, your it's your experience, and and other people's ex experience can be di different, and obviously are. Uh, but it, but it's really good to hear uh, your experience uh, because uh, of 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 what you're saying. That has been a very positive experience. 
I think it's good to yeah. balance things out sometimes, right? Right, right. Growing up in India and being part of ISKCON in India, we're actually two different things. It's interesting because contrary to what people think, Indian women are not oppressed. <laughs> Indian women, um, you know, the media, the news and Bollywood and there, there's, there's just a lot of noise. There's right. a lot of noise and, and the true essence of how a woman is seen is, um, in my opinion, completely distorted. And, and, and I also noticed that disconnection between just an Indian woman and a, a, an experience in ISKCON. And I, and I want to yeah. also touch upon that because I really do think that the, the, there's just a lot of misunderstanding somehow. That in ISKCON, if you call the Mataji, it's almost like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I prefer to be called Prabhu. I mean, I, you know, no disrespect here. This is not. But in Indian, would say, would say, I remember when, when, I, when I'd have my school friends come over to the temple, and they'd be like, and someone would call me Kishori Mataji. <laughs> and they would just look at me like, what? <laughs> like, why are they calling me Mataji? Because in India, Mataji is the highest title it's not for mortals <laughs> right use it for normal are you are you eligible to be mataji because mataji is like you know this the, the supreme position that you can give to a woman um mother a mother is the highest position that you could give to a woman so 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 that discrepancy in in understanding causes causes a discrepancy in experience um, so, so if if we don't have respect for women or motherhood, then then yeah, being called a mother. I, I remember actually uh, growing up, and then later on, you know, when I did become a mother, people calling me Mother Kishori, and I was like, oh. So <laughs> and that also is like, wait, wait, uh, you know, it takes I some getting used to. I think what the the argument for the Prabhu and Mataji thing is that they want to kind of. Um, I mean, I don't have any preference either way. Like, if you want me to call you Prabhu, then I will do that. But, but I'm just saying that the that they want to kind of equal the the playing field, so to say. That if we're going to call Prabhu uh, men Prabhu, then we should call uh, women Prabhu as well. Absolutely, yeah, and I and I get it. I I you know I've heard <laughs> right. <both sides laughs> yeah, I know, I know you get it. But. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 my my take on it is right. Your take, yeah. I would only I, I would only get hurt or insulted by it depending on how I look at the term Mataji, depending on how I, um, anyway, anyway, I think we might be digressing here, but, right. but the, the, the original point was that, that the Indian woman, or, you know, I'm not saying it's synonymous with the Vedic woman, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about traditional uh, Indian values of, of who a woman is. <laughs> it's not a derogatory term. It's right. not someone who has to. It's not someone who has to prove herself. It's not someone who is disrespected or thought of it as a second-class citizen. No, it's uh, so that wasn't my experience at all. Um, but but growing up in Iskon, uh, and I and I don't. I want to. I want to be very clear. I am a very ardent follower of of, of Iskon. That's my life and soul. Like yes, yes. The teachings of Shri Prabhupada are are you know. That's that's what I live by. I, I try, but but I had a pretty pretty um, 
a hard time coming to terms with a lot of the a lot of the ideas of of, of women and womanhood and um, that were really? being thrown around within ISKCON, within ISKCON. Right. Like right. Commonly being told, you know, uh, women are less intelligent or um, th that's not that's not something you would hear like on the streets or in families in India. That's not something people talk Right. About. That's exactly. You don't hear like, that. Like, like that's such a good point. That's such a simple point. It's, it's a really simple thing. So that's why when I feel like when people think of Indian women in general, they think, oh, well, they must be oppressed because, well, they get told they're, they're less intelligent, but, but they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I can't say that because I'm not a woman, but but what you're that's saying is making sense. But it depends on the narrative. So, so, right. so that is actually my conclusion now. It depends on the narrative. Depends on who, who's, who's speaking and what agenda they have. Right. So, so, so obviously, obviously, as as I tell my story, I'd like to also later on maybe readdress uh, the idea that. So, what did Shri Prabhupada mean when he said women are less intelligent? Does that right. mean? Does that mean he's wrong? Does that mean we're wrong? Does that mean <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it Shri Prabhupada's fault? I remember thinking when I was younger that. Well, maybe he got it wrong because I'm not less intelligent. <laughs> Clearly, my exam scores will tell you now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was, I was a pretty good student. You know, I, right. top of the class, my whole academic experience. So um, it, I, that wasn't something I could swallow. Mm. I I could, so even though I had such a beautiful, blissed out uh um, like childhood, grew up in a temple. My parents were amazing uh, preachers and right. fully dedicated servants of Srila Prabhupada. There was still still a lot of disconnect. There was something something going on that didn't make sense. That 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 didn't add up. And um, and it caused actually a lot of friction even in their personal lives. This kind of misunderstanding about the the role of a woman or um, the position of a woman mm -hmm. and that's really curious because my father was born an Indian Brahmana <laughs> right. so, and my mom is a you know Catholic she was she was quite spiritual and religious growing up and she wanted to become a nun <laughs> wow. so it made sense to join the Hare Krishnas anyway it's not my story to tell it's not the story I'm telling today, but there was growing up, I was like, I'm so inspired. This is so incredible. And yet I'm so like, so confused. What's going on? Why is there this, this disconnect between this incredibly deep philosophy, which makes sense. And I'm experiencing the joy. I'm, you know, going to Mangalarti and living a temple life. And it's, it's so much fun. It's um, full of life. Uh, and yet, you know, seeing this disconnect, seeing that um, I m might be feeling marginalized and not respected, or not that my father was disrespectful at all. He would, he never once thought of not sending me to school. I went to normal public school. I was constantly debating with him. He used to call me Champli Bai. Gujarati Samjha Chanam. Yeah, totally, totally. 
थोड़ू थोड़ू चापली बाई समी चापली बाई राइटिंग you know <laughs> you can always convince people you're right <laughs> wow so he wasn't he wasn't the the one who was making me feel these things and yet i was hearing it i was hearing it all these signals coming coming along and i'm just like it was too much it, it was it was all um yeah it didn't make sense i couldn't swallow that i was less intelligent i should not be given any independence i should i should be protected and uh, i can't be trusted i'm going to interject here how did you how did you hear about all this stuff about like uh less intelligent and all this like was that was that were you hearing that from people or is that something you just read um i think it must have been everything maybe bhagavatam classes you know they're given by different people so many right. different flavors and you hear them in the iskon temple atmosphere yeah yeah you know and uh, i'm not trying to blame anyone here or even of course of course no and i've come to realize actually <laughs> uh, this has nothing to do with shri prabhupad in that sense because he is the most um the, the one acharya who's emancipated women kind <laughs> you know liberated women right. in this gaudiya vaishnavism there's no one else who can compare to what he's done for women you know he's given us every opportunity um to become equal and to be, to raise uh to raise ourselves to that platform or or to be accepted on that platform right so uh, it clearly wasn't him <laughs> uh, so even if even if you read it it's almost like what am i missing here what 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 is there is it is it just not being understood and therefore not being practiced it, because that's not what he means that's not clearly that's not what he means and i can say that now after coming out the other side and you know when you hear something in one phase of your life and it means nothing to you and you hear it again yeah at a different point in your life and you're like bling <laughs> yeah totally um so so those moments have happened for me again and again with you know with what you're probably saying like i i know i know in my heart that he's he doesn't he almost doesn't mean the women are less intelligent and i'll get to that point i i do want to address right. that later um but uh, anyways long story short i couldn't swallow it i was like well he got this wrong he probably got everything wrong so i'm out of here <laughs> wow uh in in a nutshell i kind of um yeah i was like i'm just going to do my own thing we a few of us were a lot of siblings we went to america um and um put myself through college and all that in in LA so it went in a little village girl kind of i consider myself a village girl I was born in vrindavan and then ended up in LA when i was less than 18 oh wow um yeah your your whole your whole family or your just your siblings or how how did that work yeah so my siblings me nandu balaram rupa my younger brother i've got five brothers three sisters three three of us sisters so there's eight wow. of us awesome yeah yeah um and um so i grew up in in amdavad even though we're 
between Ahmedabad and Vrindavan. We spent a lot of time in Vrindavan. Uh, my mom made it a point to go to Vrindavan for all of our births. So, yeah, um, you know, uh, really good experiences there and understanding that that's this, <laughs> this, the same theme again, that something is missing, I, that, that um, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this version of, of what, I, what is expected of me, that, mm. I, that I have to just be this and be doing what I'm told in this little framework. Um, so, yeah, four of us went to Los Angeles from Ahmedabad. Wow. <laughs> and That's a that huge was, transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definite crazy culture shock. Um, my mom's American, for any of you who don't know, and my father's Gujarati, uh, Indian. Right. So, you know, we're, we're used to the American, you know, sense of humor and language and thought processes and all that, but going to America <laughs> when you are uh, grew up in a, in a temple your whole life. I, I never wore Western clothes. I'd never, you know, we had no TV growing up. It's not, so all from, from, from that to to la la land that yeah. was yeah that was pretty wild um and uh and at that point did you choose like okay i want to kind of distance myself from from what i grew up with as far as um, consciousness or i mean it wasn't it wasn't an active resolve it was just kind of like I, I don't i don't buy into that anymore i'm just i'm gonna see what See what, what LA has to offer me. I'm gonna just I'm gonna do everything that I feel is is right for me. Mm. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna let someone else tell me how to live my life. And uh, so it was, it was just this this sense of. I remember even when I was like 13 or 14. Maybe it's just an inherent streak in me that I was like, I'm never gonna get married. I don't want to have kids. <laughs> I remember thinking that. Really. Yeah, yeah, interestingly. And it might have been because of this disconnect that I'm viewing, uh, you know, um, that they, yeah, it was, a, it was a very rocky marriage between my parents, to say the least. And, um, you know, I, I, they're my idol in one sense, in terms of spiritual, um, just depth and surrender and everything else. But to see this, to see this disconnect, to see that, okay, you can have spiritually be so powerful and yet be struggling, you know, uh, that, that didn't make sense to me. So, right, what was I saying about that? Going to LA. Yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I, I didn't want to be Hare Krishna anymore. It was just more right. like, I don't want to be told what to do. I, I, I'm not going to get married. I'm just going to be an independent woman. I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to put myself through college, become a doctor. I'm going to show the world. <laughs> it was a bit more of this. Um, well, if you're saying I shouldn't be independent, I'm going to show you how fast I can be independent. <laughs> it was right, more right. of this kind of sense of uh, re rebellion and trying to prove myself and, and, um, it's unfortunate because, yeah, I, f I feel like a lot of us might be doing that without even realizing it, without realizing that so many of the decisions, the, the decisions we make in, 
life might be because someone told us we can't and somehow we're like, well, well, no, <laughs> I'll, I'll prove to you that I can. Mm. Um, uh, so I really believe that the narrative has to shift from one that's, especially about women in a very traditional, um, you know, religious system like like this gone from being extremely proscriptive to being pres- prescriptive the, 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 what do you what do you mean by difference. that Pro, proscriptive is, is something that you have to do this you are allowed to do this that's you're pres- proscribed this is kind of expected from you and you're demanded that's what's demanded from you right and prescribed is something that's it's recommended mm. if, if someone had just told me okay sure it's this is good for you you know you know that you can do whatever you want kishori but this this would this is what's going to make you happy right that's the key i think that that that, that would have been a different narrative mm. uh, and and so so i feel like a lot of you can't force krishna doesn't force he gives the entire Bhagavad Gita. He could have told Arjuna, yeah, you just got to do your duty. You just got to do your duty, you know, Arjuna. You're a Kshatri and you just you have to fight. Right. And just left it at that. He doesn't do that. He gives them all the different yogas. He gives them all the different options. And he says, okay, well, now you choose. So even if it's my dharma, the Sri dharma, dharma is my dharma. And I accept it now fully, wholeheartedly, because I see the light. <laughs> I understand why it's there. Uh, but if you tell me that I have to follow it, I'm going to show you how fast I don't have to. Follow. Like, that's just <laughs> a natural, you know, sometimes. And I'm not saying this is the case for everyone. You know, this right, is of course, you can only speak from your own experience, right? Yeah. And, and force is just never going to work. And I, we know that as parents now try to force your child to have a spiritual path. Yeah. You know, where are all the guru coolies at? <laughs> Good one. Yeah. We'll, we'll tell you where we're all at. No. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're at some, at some point. You just can't force anything in life. Uh, because, you know, this is a path of love. This is a path of, of, you know, so much more than, than results. And, um, so where's the question of force and love? Where's the so, question of force? Right. So 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 when you were okay, so you're in LA and then then you you you're you're kind of living your life as like, no, I am going to do what I want and I'm gonna tr- prove everyone wrong that I can do this and do that. So then so then after that, yeah, what happened? Like do yeah, you went to um, school and then- Yeah, I mean LA is is an amazing place. Have you been now? Um, I have been uh, once. Very, very nice place. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. The temple is really incredible. Beautiful that temple. Wow. My saving grace because, and a shout out to everyone in New Dwarka Dham yeah. for tolerating us Joshis while we were there. No. <laughs> and, uh, and just being such um, wonderful, uh, you know, guides and just presence in our life because that's really what brought me back. But Going back to the idea of LA is, um, yeah, it was it was you know living the American dream. I was it was um, just doing what needed to be done to feel empowered and woman of the you know twenty first century. 
And um, and it was it was really it was really great. It was quite rewarding. I put myself through uni and uh, you know UCLA and studied biochemistry. I felt very um, good about it. I, I really enjoyed. It. I worked hard, two jobs, and uh, studied harder and partied harder. Like that was that was my goal is to just experience what 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 is out there right because what 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 am i trying to be held back by what what is this um what was this fear-based kind of um why was i being held back this was to explore just understand what is the difference why is this uh why was i told all this time that i should be afraid of this or stay away from it or it's bad for me or so um just a lot of self-exploration and um testing my boundaries seeing um you know all all the different options that would make me happy as you do and and um truly it was it was a it was an exciting time in my life the sky was the limit feeling like no one can hold me back and, and yeah. that, that feeling, the sense of self-worth you get that from, you know, having any opportunity at your fingertips. I remember, you know, it's full of producers and actors and L.A. is just Gandharva land in one sense. Everyone's just beautiful <laughs> and everyone's so trying to be enlightened in some way or the other. Yeah. And so being offered like roles in movies in exchange for something, in exchange for something, there's always a price to pay. Really? No, meaning like, no, not like, you know, not overtly. I'm just saying, oh, well, you have to go to this school. You have to go to. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. Meaning like, yeah, no, no, no. I didn't mean anything gross there. Oh, okay. okay. (laughs) In in terms of in you, you come to this point in, in life, especially when you're dealing with just the normal world, normal people, you realize everything comes at a price. Everything has an underlying um, give and take. And actually, even in spiritual life, if you want to attain something, there's a bit of give and take. There's everything. Everything is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, or, or um, having, you know, thinking that if I just get to this point of becoming a doctor, I'm going to, uh, that's going to be it. This, this sense of success is going to, fill every hole, every kind of insecurity or emptiness that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, the more, the more I uh, worked harder, got more success, got more, um, it, it just felt like it was becoming more and more clear that this isn't what it, what I thought it was. This isn't what I, it kept, kept getting a little bit more disappointing. Mm. A little bit more um, disillusioned by feeling like that void is just not being filled. No matter how independent I become, no matter how self-sufficient I become, because the whole time I'm looking around and and obviously all the philosophy is still in the back somewhere. So right. you, you you start measuring everything to that, you know, to that on that basis and. Um, so you reach some type of so you reach some type of like plateau and you and you were still con- you, you know you kind of you kind of did whatever you could but you still felt dissatisfied. Right. Like this deafening 
sense of emptiness and unfulfilled, unfulfilled um, desperation that there's just something not right. <laughs> and it's interesting because you hear devotees be saying that and that's why they join. But I had to, I guess, third class intelligence and all that. I had to experience it. I had to actually, right. I had to go through that, especially because this narrative was still in the back of my head. So I, I couldn't just ex accept my female dharma, my, um, there was, there's too much baggage there. So I had to go through that. And I, yeah. Um, so got to the point where I was like, what is it? <laughs> you know, and, and then you start remembering Prabhupada saying things like, in the name of feminism, women are being exploited. And maybe it's that coming to light. I'm thinking and looking around, I'm thinking, okay, well, why are we still, why am I personally still feeling the sense of, you know, emptiness, the sense of dissatisfaction? And, um, I, you know, you start exploring the idea that independence, um, self-sufficiency may not really be the answer. Uh, and and, it, and it, this, is, this is my conclusion, because in my fast um, you know, bolting race to independence, I, I realized actually I'm just serving myself. I'm, I'm truly just, my, my world is becoming more and more self-centered. I'm looking at everything from my perspective and how is that going to actually, this is, that's the reason why it's not working. Okay? Mm. If you're just serving yourself, um, it's it's not going to manifest. There's there's no chance for actual joy to manifest because joy comes from serving others. Joy comes from um, service, and that's it, once once you've heard the philosophy and, and actually experienced it in your childhood. I guess I guess I had no other option but to come back to that and be like, why was I so happy when I was younger? Why was I so happy when I was you know making garlands? I, come back from school and make garlands for two two hours every day wow and i i was completely blissed out with that you know or on rajmando parikrama or like something something that you're doing that, that has a real spiritual depth in it something you're doing for someone else something uh, seva is is so profound it's something we take for granted service is something we take for granted especially in a place like la it's like the first thing you'd ask is, what, what am I getting out of this? Right. What am I? Uh, uh, that's so independence is it just it. It hit me that it's not it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Um, and slowly, slowly, I started trying to picture, put the pieces back together and try to see, OK, well, Let's let's reassess everything. Let's uh, start reading again and chanting again and trying to find the answers, per, like in my own in my own way. And um, but like I said, it it, it just it, it hits right when you hear it at the right time when you're ready when you're ready and you're actually seeking and searching. Um, then when you hear something, it kind of um, has a completely different experience completely. So I would ask questions like, well, you know, why do I have to 
have a street dharma? Why can't I just do what everyone else is doing? Why, I, you know, why should I be doing something and men be doing something else? Why can't we both just do everything exactly the same? Right. We're, we're all spirit souls. You know, why do we have to um, have any distinction? And, um, you know, there's one example Prabhupada gives is the, the hand. The hand, you know, first, one example is that they're all different. You know, all our fingers are different. No one finger is any more important than the other. It's just a matter of perception that if we're thinking something is lacking, if we're hearing these things and we're thinking something, something is missing in me, I, I, I need to be more than that, then, then we're going to feel almost insulted by, 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 by the, the role of womanhood that's given. So if the thumb is thinking, no, but I, why, why can't I be the index finger? It's, mm. It becomes a bit uh, pointless. The, thumb, the hand is thinking, I don't want to put the food in the mouth so that the mouth can taste it. I would like to taste it myself. It's a whole, it, this is a, a process, a whole uh, system set up. Krishna set up a system and we have just role play. It's kind of, it's just role play. I remember hearing this from a devotee. Like, sure, it's not, it's not that you have to do it. We're just here for a short amount of time. And, you know, just if, if you play along, it, the, the whole thing comes together. You know, it's, it, it's like a, on a team. Everyone has a slightly different role. Not, not that one is way more important than the other. Um, I remember hearing that and thinking, <laughs> at that point, for some reason, it made sense. You know what I mean? Like, at any other point, I may not have been ready you for You didn't it. want to play the game. I didn't want to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Very good point. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of people don't want to play yeah, the game. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just our, our society at the moment, I feel. Um, but, but that's really interesting what you're saying that you didn't feel, you didn't understand it. You didn't feel like you were, was it like a, did you feel like you weren't qualified when you say you're not ready to hear, you weren't ready to hear it. It was not, um, maybe it's not a qualification, but it's like when you were ready to hear it, then it made sense. Yeah. Like you're saying, when you're ready to play the game, when you get to the point where you're like, nothing else is making sense. I really, what is it? Mm. it and the whole point of that role play is that, is that if the hand doesn't put the food in the mouth, it can't enjoy the benefit of the, that food anyway. So in order for us to actually achieve our full potential and to be happy in this body that's been given, actually in this body that we kind of chose, that was another thing that really hit me. I was like, we're not randomly given a male and female body you know guna karma vibhagasha like yeah the varnas are made according to our guna and karma our body that we achieve is because of the consciousness that i created which must have meant that that's something that i want to enjoy in this life right so there was no point in me not accepting that that there is a, a difference between uh, me and a male counterpart like this and and in I feel I felt like okay if I just try to understand what it is to be a woman maybe it will help me connect better with how to actually fill that void how to actually mm. understand what my purpose is and then be able to maybe achieve it 
Um, so I, I mean, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard these days because um, I feel like a lot of us are like going through different phases of life and feeling the sense of dissatisfaction and, and emptiness or straight up depression, the, the despair that why isn't this making sense? I've got everything. I'm successful. I've right. you know I've, I've uh, then why isn't it making me happy? And um, yeah, going but, back to your story. So 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 how did you ultimately move away from that dissatisfaction? To to to, I guess I mean it's been yeah. a number of years between now and then. But yeah, but, uh, tell us a little bit about how you kind of mo move forward so, from that. I, I just graduated, and um, this was oh god, I don't remember two thousand and seven or something. Yeah, and so a good two years after that, I kind of just took to regroup to kind of figure out <laughs> what this all meant. So, like I said, it involved getting my sadhana back up because I tried to just—I I tried to remember that that was a happy place for me. There was something that truly made me happy, and um, uh, starting to really analyze the philosophy behind the Sri Dharma, trying to understand why is it different, and then try to kind of come from a place of acceptance as opposed to a place of defensiveness. Like, no, that's, I'm not going to, that's not for me. Mm. Now it's more like, okay, let me see. What is there? What is there in this? Why would, why would I be happy being a mother? You know, like, I don't before, before, can you define Sri Dharma for those of us who don't know, uh, who are listening? Okay, so Sri Dharma is, I mean, there's so much. I mean, I'm not an expert on it, but my my understanding of it is that that the highest dharma that we could the the highest form of um, joy that we can feel in this life, a fulfillment, the most spiritual thing actually that we could do uh, is is to become a mother, is to be married and become a mother and attain perfection in life through serving your husband and your children and your family and thereby serving society is like one of the greatest privileges that we could have. That's how I look at it now. I didn't always, because I had no intention of getting, getting married. married. Right. So, so it's, it's been a journey to get here to, to be like, okay. Um, now, now my perspective is that it's truly a privilege to have someone in your life who you can, who you love and trust and who you can serve. And it's a, it's a privilege to have children in your life who you can serve um, with the view that these are, these are gifts of Krishna. They're, they're small representations of Krishna in our life. And when we serve the devotees like this, that's our direct connection. This service are, is, is the path. This is, this is the direct connection. And it's it's hard. It's hard to explain that to someone who is not, um, you know, like serving your husband. Why should I do yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, that, sure, that triggers a lot of people. A lot of people. <laughs> but, but it's it's a two way street. It's not like he he's not serving me or the kids. It's, right. Right. Like 
this is a this is a this is a team. Mm. So just as much as there's three dharma, there's also you know pati dharma or like right. <laughs> there is there is. So this is what I'm talking about. The narrative. It's not like you know people have so many misconceptions about the Ramayana or the Mahabharata because they just they look at and they think it's just abuse of women. <laughs> but, right. but if you go, if you go yeah, yeah, you peel the layers and you realize that's no, 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 it's just it's so far from what's actually taking place. Um, but peeling of the layers is, is absolutely essential, like getting down to understanding what is dharma. Dharma is, you know, it's it's for our benefit. Dharma is not there for, so that Krishna can benefit. Right. Dharma is there so that we can enjoy, we can find peace and happiness and find the path and then, you know, make those steps back home, back to Godhead. <laughs> right. So um, what were we talking about? Yeah. Just, yeah, there's a trigger, we're, you know, serving your husband, but, but without service, let's, let's, let's just dial it back. Like the idea of service, that's the key that we, we cannot achieve perfection. We cannot attain the Supreme unless we serve, unless we serve. So doesn't it just make sense to kind of serve the husband? So like, if you're going to have to serve somebody, you might as well serve the person you love and you're, you, you've ended up with. <laughs> right. I think, I think before, before you go into that, um, I think what the issue there is that if, is that people agree with that. They, so they want to serve, whether it's your husband or wife, in this case, we're talking about husbands, but, but it, people have, have um, served uh, people who have um, taken advantage of that. Yeah. You know, the, the husband is not, uh, is not someone, they, they took advantage of that and then they abused that person. And then so, so uh, much, so people, so many people have that experience that, Oh, uh, serve the husband. That's bogus. Like this guy was a total, you know, he's jerk to me and, and yeah. to everyone. And, and so no room, no room for that at all. There's zero right. tolerance. I mean, uh, this is what I mean when it's essential to almost attach this feminism aspect to this, to, that's why I have to say Vedic feminism because in the now in the, it has to be qualified. Now now you have to qualify your statement. You have to actually explain it. Be like there is three dharma, but there's no room for force. There's no room for abuse. Like we have to actually state those things now. Back mm. in the day, maybe not so much. Right, right, right. It, now it has to be explained and talked about and actually have a dialogue about it because. I mean, that to me is a no-brainer. How can you? Mm. You cannot afford enforce that. If you're coming together with a partner, husband, wife coming together, and the husband says, your three dharma is to serve me. That's not, that's not how it goes down. Right, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, right. like, the reason why I want to serve my husband with everything I've got is because he is such a wonderful human being. He would never dare to uh, not dare, you'd never even dream about trying yeah. to force that on me. So, right. so if men listening to this are, are looking for a partner, <laughs> meaning if anyone's looking for a reasonable situation, the first thing we should understand is how can I serve the other person? That should be our goal. Yeah. And coming together with a person like, how can I serve you? <laughs> yeah. Not that, oh, well, I'm, I need to find a wife who can serve me and fan me. And like, mm. that's just, uh, it's, it's, 
it's guaranteed failure. Like like I said earlier, there's no room for force. You know, like the supreme person doing force. And 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 I, even when you look at the stories from the Bhagavatam, you look at Sati and Shiva. You know, when she wanted to go off to her father's place, it's not like it's not like he says, Parvatiji, you know, I, you can't go because I I am all knowing. You know, yeah, Shiva is the supreme person minus eight percent, right? Right, right. <laughs> so so he he knows he knows what's gonna happen. He knows she's gonna go up in flames. <laughs> but he doesn't force her. He doesn't say you can't go. You shouldn't go. He says he says yeah, you shouldn't go, but there's there's just no question of it. it even mm. even in the Ramayana, like when Ram's going off into Vanvas, he actually tells Sita you should you should you should stay here because it's not safe, it's not going to be comfortable. You stay. He tries to tell her to stay. Now, <laughs> Yeah, she's fiery. This is the thing. They don't understand that actually these women are empowered. She's like, no, I'm coming with you. There was no there was no room for negotiation there. She actually got upset with him. Mm. So right. If they're not forcing, what chance does anyone else have? We can't force the dharma of the right. other person. That's not what it, you know, dharma rakshita. What is it? Dharmo rakshati rakshitaha. Mm. Dharma works for the person who decides themselves that they're going to, you know, do the dharma themselves. Like, like you can't be like, your dharma is this, and therefore you must follow. Like, I have to decide that. And I, and, and, and then dharma is there for me because I am following it in my life. Um, so dharma protects those who follow dharma. Dharma protects right. those who protect dharma. So, now, yeah. circling this back to your your story, so then you 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 got married and uh, <laughs> you yeah. Um, how did that like transpire? How did you find? I mean, Beard, you, for those who know him, he's an amazing person. Uh, I I just I just wanted to give him a shout out because he yeah. whenever I meet him, I I, fe I feel this like real sense of calm. Like, he's just like, a yeah. very calming person, like to be around. I just love that. Uh. I mean, see all day. It's like a little different. But. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you haven't, if you haven't been, you know, if you can't tell already, I'm a bit of a firecracker, right? Like, <laughs> he's the yin to our yang, you know. Right, right, right. So, so grateful, and um, right. So, like I said, I kind of realized I couldn't do this on my own, right? Like, you come to that point where, you're like, okay, okay, I, I can't do this on my own. I don't want to be alone. <laughs> Right. I don't want to be alone and independent and self -service. like so okay I need I need to find someone I need to find someone and you realize that 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 thing has to be lasting it has to be something that's permanent so that you can truly get the benefit of it and enjoy it um and so like I said I for a good two years I regrouped did all the things that uh, made sense again like chanting and reading and coming back to all the basic tenets of Krishna consciousness. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, then my, my father was always in the background trying to be like, okay, when are you getting married? You know, like <laughs> trying uh -huh. to send me people that he thought were suitable or right. Uh, uh, during this whole time, obviously they did not want me to go to America. Uh, you know, my parents were like, 
that's a bad idea. You shouldn't go. But uh, over time, he was, you know, he came around. He saw that I was working hard and I was doing well. And uh, and then, so, so he finally, he was like, okay, I've met this guy. He's really, you know, he's really special because, you know, he's been around. That's, that's the thing about parents. They know us really well. Right. They know us really well. They, we don't we don't give them that credit. We don't understand the, the power of parents. Like we think totally, totally. They don't, they don't, they don't know. They don't know. They, they're not from this generation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, like the first time in my life, I was like, okay, okay, Bitaji, you know, I'm I'm trying to follow. I'm trying to follow what you have taught me. That 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 getting the blessings of of um, devotees of, of your parents is actually tantamount in our spiritual life there's no question of of making spiritual progress if we disrespect our parents or somehow right. anyway so i was open to meeting somebody that my father you know recommended he'd met virju and he was like this is one of a one in a million kind of guys so <laughs> like you said he's so like respectful and yes yeah. Uh, so we started talking, and so basically, this is an introduced marriage. Like when I was introduced by, by my father, mm-hmm. and um, and I really, I can, you know, say with full confidence that a lot of it has to do with with becoming receptive to the mercy of um, and and kind of the blessings of parents. Uh, when you when you come to recognize the philosophy for what it is and really imbibe it into your life, it starts manifesting. The, the results start manifesting, and I would I would really give the credit for Virji to my father, and my parents, um, because wow. um, that that was my that was my active first active step of surrender of being like okay Krishna, like I accept I am not doing well like 100% alone and just doing my own thing is not working for me. Right. And I'm going to try your way now. <laughs> so mm. show me, you know, show me what you got. And little, little things started happening in my life. And just that led up to this point where I was, by the time I met Virgil, I was so convinced. I was like, oh yeah, this makes complete sense. There was no, there wasn't a shred of doubt in my mind at that point that, that, that this process works by then a few things that happened you know and um um so it's almost like i had to go through this this phase in in los angeles where to to truly appreciate the the uh the blessing and the gift that was coming my way and it was almost as if if i didn't i would probably have not been able to accept it, not been able to bring it into my life. Um, right. So, yeah, uh, we got married in, I think, end of 2009. We've been married um, 12 years coming up this year. Wonderful. Yeah. Four kids. Four kids. Amazing. <laughs> From not, not wanting, you know, a 13-year-old me to not wanting kids not wanting kids not wanting to be married and yeah yeah um and i it's it's just you know what can i say i i truly uh, truly feel saved <laughs> i feel like uh i 
couldn't have chosen something more fulfilling. And that's basically the point of today's conversation is to, is to encourage anyone else who might be feeling like this path is, is um, limiting, it's degrading, it's uh, whatever, whatever reservations we may have, I would really urge you to just try it. That um, what's the harm? What's the harm? What, what's the worst that could happen if we submitted ourselves to a, just a good person? It doesn't have to be, you know. Right. We have, yeah, we have a lot of baggage as well about about what a perfect person would be like. That that's the next thing. It's interesting because we are all looking for that unalloyed and uninterrupted we're actually looking we're all looking for it so so we have this really high standard that we put up for other people that my husband should be like this my my wife should be like this but there's very little that we we start off giving we, we <laughs> mm. and that makes it impossible to manifest it, it makes it impossible so if we want something of value to manifest we're going to have to give something of value which would be our true self. We'd have to give, we'd have to truly surrender to the situation, to the person, truly surrender. And then that unalloyed love, can, because everything is, you know, that love that we seek with Krishna, it, there, there are glimpses of that in this, in this experience. And we're supposed to, so that we can practice it, so that we can go back home. Mm. I mean, to, to 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 kind of like look at it from the other side, play devil's advocate a little. Okay, Kishore, you lo- really lucked out. You know, you yeah, you, I do you, that. You got you you're per- you got a perfect life basically. You know, you got wonderful kids. You got a great husband. I didn't have the same experience. I yeah. had experience which was very different from you. Uh, yeah. And how do I how do I how, how do you what do you tell someone like that who to, you're you're telling them, okay, you, you know, you should surrender yeah. someone and di- but like. It's it's it's, it's really there's a lot there's a lot more bad experiences I feel. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it isn't it it's 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 kind of this negative cycle. I feel like the world is getting so sucked into this 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 black hole of self-servingness that it's not just it's hard to find good men and good women. I mean. No offense anywhere. I'm just saying we're, we're we're having we're having a hard time finding anyone, right? Who will go that extra mile. It's it's hard, and I and I and I've you know been there. I've 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 experienced that that, um, and I can still see it all around me that it's extremely yeah. It's a matter of there's there is a matter of luck. I don't really believe in luck. There's no such thing as luck in spiritual life, but right. Because everything is a matter of karma and blessings, right. but at the same time, um, I did get. I, I recognize that, but I do not think it's impossible. There are certain steps that I I would uh, humbly share that that I, I do think made a difference. I do think that that we have to prepare ourselves mentally before um, we go looking for that person. We have to have a vision of what it is you want to manifest in your life. If we want to manifest someone who's good looking uh, at the expense of good character, then that's, you know, <laughs> that's what's going to come your way. Right. It's, it's almost a matter of 
you yourself, me, myself, I'm, I should just talk in my own, me manifesting within my own actions and my own consciousness what I want the other person to have. Mm-hmm. If I can, we attract what we, you know, give off. We, um, so th- there had to be a period of real sincere in my life. There was a period of real sincere, like, uh, reflection and trying to understand what I did want and what I didn't want. So that's why when I say that when I met Birju, it was like instant. I knew that this is what I'm looking for. Because a lot of the times we don't have that vision, like clarity of vision of, of how to manifest because we don't really know what we're looking for. It We're going, our checklist is so long and it, it's full of stuff that doesn't really matter. What I mean there is I've actually suggested a lot of couples that I'm like, oh, what about this person? And they'll be like, nah, not, not my type, not my kind of thing. So they'll like find something ridiculous, like, oh, he's too short or he's like weird looking or he's like, <laughs> right. and I, 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 I just don't know what to say because the, the, the vision is what's not going to work. Mm. You're looking for something that doesn't truly go stand the test of time. I'm not saying you don't have to be attracted. Like clearly you have to have attraction and some basic sense of uh, uh, compatibility, of course, but, but the top of the list should be some character. (laughs) Like what is this person capable of respecting other people? Is this, is this cap, is this person capable of serving someone else? Right. Yeah. Like that to me was clear as night and day that, 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 those are the qualities we should, and, and therefore if as a society we looked for that we'd be encouraging that in each other mm-hmm. as a woman if i was if i'm looking for that then then it would encourage the men around me to be like to step up right if we're, if we're interacting on a much more superficial level it's it's hard it's hard where we're creating that negative cycle where we're saying well i'm the other issue i have is is like not issue I have, I should say. The other issue that I see is that when we when we exert too much independence, it almost it, people are gonna get triggered by this. It almost scares. <laughs> by the way, the comment section is like fifty comments, and I haven't even clicked on it because I'm just like, I want to wait for that. I want to wait for that. But yeah, please I, go ahead. I say remember being comment. that person who used to just be like, I don't need you, dude. Like I have no need for you in my life, you know, being in that phase in my life where I was like, I don't, I don't need anyone. You know, you hear all these Insta, that's just like memes and and the new age philosophy. Like you, I don't need anyone. Right. If if that's the path that we're living life on, like completely independent, completely self-sufficient, that's what we're telling other people. And that's what we're going to attract. We're going to attract that person who thinks you don't need anyone. So therefore is only there for something less meaningful something more superficial but if you like you have to show some sense of acceptance and adaptability and kind of compatibility Mm. i I, you know people always say people you know especially women telling other women uh don't settle for anything don't compromise (laughs) this is like a don't compromise on anything in life don't let anyone tell you what to do and I remember being that person. I remember mm. being that person thinking, 
yeah, why should I, I let anyone tell me what to do? But so my point is, it's, it's a journey to get to that point where you realize, I would love to have someone to talk to about whether I should do this or not. Right. Like, like to, to have that person in our life is a privilege. To have that person in your life that you can depend on is a privilege. To, to be dependent, you know, on someone who is trustworthy. So, but the thing is, we have to manifest that. We have to, we have to allow that person to come into our life if we mm-hmm. want to. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, no, it does. It's, if, if we're so aggressive almost in our being, in our the way we go about our life, we're, there's no, we're not giving that person a chance to enter into that life. Mm. Very interesting. This is uh, not something you hear all the time. Uh, and uh, to, to hear your experiences is... is uh, it's very I had to readjust my entire psyche. I had to be like, okay, not only do I accept I need someone, but now I would like to invite that person into my life. And and it, it actually once you make that shift in consciousness, you know, your actions follow. And then you can do something like go up to your father and be like, you know what, because you like, I trust you enough and that I'm gonna give this a shot. Because otherwise, we're so, you know, a lot of people even hearing that, that, that I would submit to my father's uh, suggestion seems so foreign to a lot of people. Like, what? Right. Like, but it's not by chance. I know people want to say, oh, you got lucky with Virju. I would like to say that it's not entirely by chance, that, that we have to make some adjustments in our life right. for that to... And, and, and you don't have to look at the word of compromise and uh, adaptability as it's as if it's a <laughs> disease or a taboo. That is the essence of of marriage. With yeah, oh, yeah. it's the es- like I mean, if you <laughs> you're not going to last long in this very difficult situation called marriage if you don't have any adaptability or mm-hmm. and, and and this is this is the problem. Like we're, you know, especially as women, we're being fed this kind of distorted version of feminism uh, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. The sense of self-worth, which is misplaced. It's, it's not coming from a place of uh, yeah, genuine understanding of what the feminine power is. It's not going to empower us. To ask you a question about that, um, you know, we say we're the spirit soul, and we there's spiritually there's no uh, difference between men and women. So then, why do we emphasize? Uh, why do we emphasize the differences when we're actually meant to get off the bodily platform? Right. Emphasize the yeah. differences, meaning like uh, you yeah. know, men sit on one side, women on the other side. Sometimes women yeah. can do some certain things that men can do, like in India. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So you mean in actual, in action, basically. Like, like why create so much segregation and kind of like emphasize the bodily concept? Hmm. Okay. So maybe I just step back and, and talk about 
well, what is the difference if we're all the same? <laughs> right. Um, actually, over time, I've come to uh, understand that this obsession with everyone being equal is a little bit Mayavad philosophy. You know, it's like everything is the same. Interesting. Is the same. And um, of course, of course, we're all spirit souls. We're all Prakriti. Krishna is the only Purusha. Of course. But we take on a certain body for a certain reason. And uh, like I said already, it's essential to understand that it's not by force. It's not just, you know, uh, someone else is doing. Like, it is in our best interest to, to accept it and actually grow from it. Because we wanted that. And I, I would like to highlight that my experience in motherhood is literally the most liberating and enjoyable experience. And of course, it's difficult. Like I've lost half my hair, probably half my brain cells. <laughs> and it's hard as anything, right? Right. But it's the most rewarding thing. So, so, so it's not about, it's about understanding the magnitude of how great it is to, to be able to uh, you know, have a child or be a woman or understand the difference of the psyche. So there is a difference when we take this body and in trying to nullify that difference, it's actually, it, it's, it's not going to work at all. It's not going to help us go, uh, take any steps towards that ultimate goal. And, mm -hmm. and, and like I said, I, I really believe it's this Mayavad mentality that everything is the same. And, the liberation is in the nuance almost it's it's an understanding that the psyche of women is different than men for a very specific reason and it's important that we that we imbibe that for the benefit of the family for the benefit of the children and for our own sake um you know sri the word sri according to sanskrit is one who expands right the star right. to 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 expand not just physically. Yeah, I have the ability to, my husband would say when I was pregnant, I looked like a snake who had eaten an, eaten an elephant. <laughs> like that, that, That's crazy. If you think about the, the physical capabilities of a female body, it's just amazing, mind boggling. Yeah. That, that's just one aspect. But even mentally, emotionally, emotionally, let's talk about emotions. Having one child and then the next one comes along, the amount of power that I have to expand my heart and take in this new soul is just almost more important than my own soul. Like to expand my heart to this degree where I feel like it's going to burst right. every moment with this overwhelming sense of love. My husband doesn't get to feel those same emotions, even though he's the father. He, he doesn't have that capacity of expanding you know opening up like a woman would um the the psyche even even the thoughts and we as, as women i don't know if you'll be able to attest to this most women i have met and i don't don't call me sexist because it's just the reality we overanalyze everything we over we we our minds are racing constantly, a little bit self-critical. There's just so much doubt and questioning. And 
And of course, capacity to understand. I mean, I fully believe we're extremely intelligent human beings. Right. <laughs> There's no doubt in my we're extremely capable. And the mind is just, but but this expansive nature is very prevalent amongst women. You will not, well, I haven't heard a man, especially a father, doubt his parenting skills. I just, I haven't like had huge conversations with men who are like, oh my God, am I being a good father? Oh my God, what's, what am I doing with my life? Like constantly in this, mm. I mean, I'm sounding, I know people are gonna freak out that I'm saying this, but, <laughs> but, but I, I, I have a lot of friends who are mothers and it's almost universal. Right. Mothers have this existential, like, because the mind is constantly, constantly. And therefore, this, this, this purusha is, is absolutely essential. Three mm. and the purusha, this yin and yang. Uh, it, and without understanding this difference, we won't be able to even tap into this. This purusha structured, steady um, energy is absolutely essential in my, in my life. In my experience, to it just it just provides that steadiness and the the security and that I need while I am expanding and having children and expanding my heart and having these incredible experiences. I have the shelter of of this purusha energy, and it's it's like it's like this this three psyche is like just very fluid and adaptable and and able to mold into any shape but without that shape it's almost you know what is the how can it reach its potential it's like a glass of water mm. you know, without the actual glass the water that you can't utilize it it'll just fall you won't be able to drink it <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you could but you still have shape if you need for it to be used you need you need it needs to have a shape same with an empty cup. There's no point in having just the structure without something to fill it with. So it, it's, an, it's not like one is more important than the other. They're both doing a very essential role in Krishna's creation. Now, I feel like Grihastha Ashram is not, is not you know, ex acknowledged enough for the, the valuable service that it does. I feel like if, if we could acknowledge that... that you know, men and women coming together with this goal of service, serving Krishna, serving with having children who will actually benefit the world is, this, the, 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 it can't be, you know, overstated. The importance cannot be overstated. I mean, I, I, I say that w women in this movement are doing the greatest service, uh, the highest service, you know, because they are raising the future of our society uh, and... Yeah. I always am so appreciative of, of, of mothers because it's a very difficult job. I see it. Mothers and fathers. I mean, mothers and fathers. Yeah. yeah we're doing but it together. I, we're doing yeah, it. We're in it together. And, yeah. it's, and, it, and I absolutely agree that it's the most valuable service we could be doing for this planet. Of, of course, other than becoming pure devotees ourselves, like right. that's the Paramartha. And yes, exactly. That's the highest thing. Yeah. You have to have this this idea, and it's so it's so interesting because we're coming back to the differences. Krishna is 
I'm trying to share this idea of how to maybe better accept the differences. You know, I studied biochemistry. It's a bit of a, you know, I like hormones. So, 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 so women, we're, we're, we're full of estrogen amongst many other, many other things. And, and, and did you know that estrogen is, it's a natural painkiller that one of the, when it really spikes in women, there's also a concurrent spike in like serotonin or dopamine that, and those are the happy hormones. That's, that's what make us, makes us happy. Right. So it's not like Krishna just gave us this hard wiring and then left it to us. Everything within our psyche, our physiology, our actual, you know, externals, everything is molded and created for a specific reason. And the more we deny that, um, women are twice as likely to get to, to experience depression because we're denying it more and more. We're trying so hard to not be women, to not give in to these kind of softer, uh, whatever it is, like, and, and, or, or we don't have that ex external structure to this three tendency. We, we, if we don't have that external, it, it, it really causes a lot of disturbance. So, so not only is, have we been given this natural analgesic for having when we have children, when we get pregnant or have babies and, and constantly been gifted this, this kind of high, uh, happy hormones to go along with the, the price that we pay of having our periods of, you know, women birth is considered slightly a lower birth. And this is my take on it, but yes, it, we do have to, we, it's, you know, we're paying a few extra. The, the price is slightly different to a male body. Mm. Like we can't deny that. We can't, it's, and it, I don't, I don't look at it now as if it was a curse, as if it was something that's oppressing right. me. I don't look at it like that anymore. I think, wow, Krishna, it's just so amazing how that, that the most joyous thing that I could have done was become a mother and to facilitate that you've kind of given me everything I needed you've prepared me internally mentally in every way possible um and actually that makes me so happy to to mm -hmm. see that that I'm and it reinforces your your feeling of belonging you're like yes you know it's all working mm. all the three layers are working in sync and yeah, I. <laughs> That's uh, amazing explanation. I mean, speaking. I mean, what do you what do you say to people who you know come to you for advice uh, and and say that you know I I don't have the same thought that you have mm. because you have gone through other things and you came out the, the you know the other side with this kind of uh, with this kind of uh, conception, but I haven't had that so what what would you say to help someone do, yeah. do they need to be helped or do they need to have no, this i mean i i i i like i am a firm believer that everyone comes to whatever conclusion that they want at their own time like right. and right. i'm not saying that you know they have to come to my conclusion at all this is um i have accepted this conclusion because i could see that it it works it works in my life so so when someone says, I just don't, 
I just don't believe in anything you're saying, Kishori. I'm like, it's fine. That's absolutely, you're entitled to that. There's no question, yeah. of course. There's, um, and, you know, you, it's possible. It's, it's possible to find, you know, joy in other service. You can, obviously, you know, you can, um, you can not have kids or not be married. And doesn't mean you won't have a fulfilling life. Um, I do think I do think it might be a little bit harder, like because you know it's just the physiology that's made a certain way, and it's you know if you've had kids, you're less likely to get cancer, like certain cancers, and that, or if you've had kids, your your menopausal experience will be slightly different. That there's a certain um, rhyme and reason to how actually having children does in the long run also benefit hmm. um, women. So it's hard to, to, this isn't meant to be forced on anyone. Yeah. We really truly have had traumatic experiences with, with it. Fair enough. You know, you, you, you get to decide. Like Krishna says at the end, you decide. Right. This is never meant to be forced on anyone, but I'm just sharing my story so that, if it, just in the slight chance that it would inspire someone to think that actually <laughs> the Vedic version of women is not misogynistic, it's completely logical and scientific. It is the way it is because we're built a certain way. And the more I accept that, I mean, in terms of the, the life that I live, the more rewarding it is for me personally. For me personally, so just like, I mean, when you have children, again, the same kind of uh, happy hormones are going off. Serotonin is one of this very fascinating one. The, the, uh, this hormone specifically, apparently, the more selfless acts you do, the more serotonin it releases. Selfless acts. It's not about like exercising or meditating. That's like endorphins. And then if right. you have like achievements, you get like dopamine. Uh, but but serotonin is specifically associated with doing selfless activities, something for someone else. And then Krishna releases some serotonin. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, serotonin is the one, um, you know, happy hormone that is used most often in antidepressants. So to me, that's like a little bit of a connection that People are feeling emptiness because we're not doing enough for other people. We're not doing selfless acts. And therefore, we're actually not creating enough serotonin in our brains. And therefore, we're getting depressed. I mean, this is just obviously depression is a very serious thing and it's very complicated. And, but this is just a very small connection that the more we do for others, mm. the, the happier we become, like truly like in a chemical, uh, you know, measurable, tangible way, scientific way. It's, this is not something I've made up. This is not something some misogynist has written in the Vedas. This is not something that someone created. Right. This is measurable. So you're saying, you're saying, so biologically, if women do not fulfill their biological, uh, Right or I don't know how you want to explain it, but right or or um, I'm just saying in general duty, duty of of having children or or uh, getting married, then then there there's a connection between that and not being fulfilled. 
Yes, I would go so far as to say that without with praying that it doesn't hurt anyone's. I, I, I am expecting we are going to ruffle some feathers with this conversation, but that's what this whole program is about. Right. And but Yeah, I, I, I would reiterate that, that, that it helps. It truly helps that um, it, getting with a partner and, and serving each other, not only, not only in the most uh, ultimate way of reconnecting with Krishna and practicing your bhakti, but, but just... In a, in a material sense, it, it's right. essential. We cannot do this on our own. Like, maybe you can, but is it going to be worth it? Like, that, that was my experience. I could do this alone, uh, but at the end of the day, I would be left with my mind. Mm. Mind can be the worst enemy. Like, you know, when you become so independent, I could see that, that the last resort is the mind. And, and you, how are you going to escape that? Yeah. Uh, to the escape the mind, you've got to serve. You've got to come out of yourself. You've got to do something. Else. So, you know. Let's um, finish your thought, and then we're gonna perhaps take uh, questions. I yeah. I mean, I, I think I've finished. Just that, that we've. This is just an opportunity that we could willingly accept. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can choose not to. Um, but we could willingly accept it. So changing the narrative in our, in our brain, like, like I'm being forced to do this. Why should I have to do this? If I don't want to do this, you know, who are you to tell me like you with your so-called perfect life? Like it's, that's not what this is about. This is about just expressing that, that this is, a, this is an option for our own benefit. It's not, it's not being forced on anyone. Right. That it works, it actually works. So, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Those, uh, this is, you know, you're speaking from your own experience, and I and I appreciate that. And people can take it or leave it. Yeah. To be honest, uh, let's look at the comments. <laughs> mm. All right, here we go. Hundred, almost a hundred comments here. Hi, Krishna. Uh, beautiful discussion. Very nice. Okay. Any questions right now? Fantastic. Oh, can I go back to one more hormone thing? Oh, go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'll look through these comments while you. I did say I'd come back to that point where yeah, the Prophet says um, women are less intelligent, right? So apparently, apparently there's there's a you know a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, right? And that's just a normal processing hormone, and it's inversely connected to serotonin. People are going to be like, why is she talking about hormones so much? But <laughs> uh, the biochemist. But, but so acetylcholine is generally responsible for movement and focus and alertment, alerting, alertness. But it's also responsible for recall and memory and oh. cognitive function and like intelligence. So do you see where I'm going with this? Mm. So, so, so generally, if you have... Uh, a lot of serotonin it's inversely related to this kind of cognitive functioning and i remember thinking whenever i got pregnant when your estrogen is super high and your serotonin is really high mm. are, you, are, you, are you following me <laughs> right, right you get this you get this fog you get this you get this they call this new mother's fog or like this a lot of different terms when you become a new mother you kind of get this fog like <laughs> 
You don't know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Tulsi yeah. all the time. If Tulsi's listening, <laughs> she, she, she if I ask her what day it is today, she doesn't know what day it is. Yeah, yeah, because we're we're actually so busy being happy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, totally. Serotonin in our body, like because we're doing the selfless act all yes. day long. Right, right, right. Serving someone else all day long, and it's allowing, you know, us to be happy and feel that fulfillment. But it's inversely related to our cognitive functioning. Mm. So. I mean, I know I'm not a less intelligent human being. Like, I know that. I don't I have no doubts about it. Right. Uh, but but I have experienced that that somehow over time, I'm kind of a little bit foggy, like the way I'm, my recall is not the same. And and so I truly, Shula <laughs> Prabhupada saying women are slightly a little bit less intelligent. <laughs> I'm like, huh, Okay. I'm not trying to say this is the basis of it, but I'm just, I, I found it really fascinating when I came across this little piece of like, naturally women that have children, um, the hormones work in certain certain way that we don't actually care about. <laughs> that, that It's almost like, you know, how in bhakti, jnana and karma is like a byproduct and it's not so important anymore. That's the way right. I look at it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm so busy being so fulfilled and happy here that yeah. intelligence is kind of, it's a secondary thing. I <laughs> right. I don't need right. it right now. No. Right. People are gonna people are gonna like not like that very much. But but I found it really fascinating that mm. there is some scientific basis, some very very small connection here that that says we're getting a little bit less intelligent when we're so caught up with this little bubble of happiness that we built around ourselves. So. Very interesting way to explain it. <laughs> Let's look at this um, question here. What does independence mean to you? Solitude, selfishness, empowerment, autonomy. How do you define it so I, so I can follow? Okay. That's a good question. Thank you, Alina. Independence, um, the way I hear it usually, um, is so that I can do whatever I want to do. That's the line. If you feel like, I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. That it's like Raman asked me the other day, he's like, Mama, I ha he has some pocket money that from presents and stuff. And he's like, I want to buy my own phone. He's got a device, but it's got like family link. It's locked. So he can only do it right. for seven hours. Right. It's got like limitation. Yes. And uh, he, he's like, I just want to be able to be on my phone all the time or whenever I want to, I want to, I want to be on it when I want to do whatever I want to. So he wants his independence. He wants, he wants to be him, you know, his own self. Right. And, and that, that, that's usually the thing. If, if we are able to self-regulate in that sense, if Raman was truly able to self-regulate, I wouldn't have to lock his phone so that he wouldn't be fully independent. Like, you know, this is the issue I find. That with most of us, we think we want to be completely. I'm not talking about women here, so don't become like triggered that she said that. Every one of us, living entities, we can't truly self-regulate. We don't have any sense control. We don't. <laughs> we're so triggered by all of our desires and everything that's going on all around us 
that independence is not good for us. I'm talking about men as well. I'm not talking about just women. Yeah. So, so I would like to really clarify that here. So I recognized in myself that all I thought about at, at any phase of this clear independence was I just want to do whatever I want to. I don't want to have someone else telling me what to do because uh, I, you know, I don't want to serve that. I don't want to serve their expectations. And this is actually the crux of the disease. This is why we're here in this material world. Mm. We don't want to serve anyone else. We don't want to, we don't want, yeah, we want to be able to serve ourselves. Right. And that's not just for women, it's for men as well. Uh, so real independence, I would, the way I see it now, is to be able to be dependent on someone that I, I can trust someone that I, I, I can love, someone that I can serve with. Real independence, Prabhupada used to say, is to be dependent on Krishna. That's mm. true independence, because then we can actually be liberated of even the last uh, master, the, the mind. That's, that's actually the true independence would be independence from our mind. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if that answered any of that question. but I think, I think it did. Let's look at another. Here's an appreciation. Kishori's happiness is the strongest evidence for me that street dharma can work. This is from Jai Jagannath Prabhu, who, who, who is a big podcaster. Also, go check out his podcast on Bodhika. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a great, a great point. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, what a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing your story, of course. If all of us had the same luck in marriage with a devotee, we could all believe this is the only path for women in Krishna consciousness, right? Okay. Uh, any advice to yeah, do you want to do you want to say anything about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's still a trigger for me when when people say you got lucky. Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna acknowledge that that is a bit of a trigger because so many people are like, even moms will approach me and be like, you know, can you find someone like that for me? And I, of course course it's not it is a matter of luck but i truly believe i truly believe that that if we do the internal work uh we can manifest that Mm. power is in our hands that we can manifest that and i'm not trying to take the credit away from luck or krishna and my parents but for that to man like for, for my father to be able to to suggest that to me I had to be, you know how big of a step that was? Like I was living life in LA very, you know, every friend of mine from LA was like, what the heck are you doing? Oh, you were like going to surrender. Like, what are you doing? Why would you meet somebody, your father? So. Uh, An arranged marriage essentially, right? Yeah. Or I call it introduced. Introduced. Right. Right. But, but you have to be willing to, to, take that step and go against the grain in such a way, like if you truly believe that I am willing to do the Sri Dharma, then that person who will, who will do his Bhati Dharma will manifest in your life. I, I, I feel like that. That if we can get beyond our own selfish motivation, so we can get beyond the superficiality. I, I need a good looking guy. I need someone who's like this, someone who's really ambitious and super successful, like, just for the record, my husband is not ambitious. It's like one of his, for me, one of his favorite qualities. And he is not like a super ambitious kind of guy. He's just, 
he's a sadhu. He is. He's, he's self-satisfied. The most profound thing that I noticed when I met him was that he, there was no need for him to pretend. He was so self-sure that not one line coming out of his mouth was something to impress me. Right. He just stood his ground and was just like, kind of like, mm -hmm, cool. Like just he was so, wow. Like I had never met anyone who wasn't trying to impress me. I, nice. It was, it was. So we're looking for the. We have to. We have to search for someone who has that, that atmaram kind of sense in them. Like, mm. uh, and 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 if men, if you're listening, <laughs> but you know, we, same kind of work goes both ways. Um, if we're, we can choose to interact with the opposite sex or the, whatever, whatever your uh, choices on, on a much deeper level. Mm. It has to be on a deeper level for that to manifest. I hope, sorry. Right. No, don't be sorry. Um, this is kind of off topic, but any advice to first generation devotees whose parents are not Krishna consciousness briefly, no. so we can continue on with the topic. Whose parents are not KC. I'm wondering what context. <laughs> like if you're if you if you're converted to Krishna consciousness, like you. you oh. And, oh, right. Okay. So like so in terms of how to relate how, with your parents if your parents are not devotees. Oh, not about how to understand women or Sri Dharma. Okay. Oh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Answer uh, that one. Yeah, that's great. Let's, that's let's connection. Go, let's let's go with how to relate with your parents. Um. Um. Oh, maybe maybe this has to do with me saying that we have to get blessings from our parents. Ah, uh, so yes, yes. Beautiful, yes. beautiful thing about blessings, this is my favorite part about it, is that it actually has very little to do with the person, the position holder. Let me explain. One of the most glorious women in um, entire Vedic understanding is Mandodari. You know what that is? Yes, Mandodri, the, the wife of Ravana. Yeah, right? Like, so Ravana, it's not him giving the blessings to, to Mandodri. She's serving him, but the blessings are not necessarily coming from this position holder. They're, they're just a position holder. Our husband, or our wife, our children, if we serve them, our parents, if you serve your parents, you serve your guru, even if the guru has a fall down. Actually, this is the crux. This is the most beautiful thing for me <laughs> because Krishna, he is the one who's bestowing the blessings. Mm. Now, we're not trying to sidestep the guru here. That's not, I'm not like, let's just, you have to serve that position holder. There is no other way. If, and I actually truly believe this. I believe that not just as a woman, anyone in Krishna consciousness, if we want to achieve this ultimate goal of re reunion with Krishna, we can't jump over these position holders. They're even if devotees. they're a devotee or not. Even if they're not devotees. It, even if they're Ravana incarnate. Right, right. Because the blessing is not dependent on them. Interesting. It's not, it's not coming from... So, so if we serve them, obviously, they can't be abusive. Obviously. Like, I should just make that a statement. You know, they can't be forcing you to eat meat or, you know, being abusive. Like, there's limits. But if they're just non-devotees, but they're good human beings and they're 
they've they've done their duty of raising you. You're you know you obviously became a devotee, so <laughs> they've done something right. Mm. Uh, then it's 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 our duty to serve them. It's our duty to look after them. It's our duty to respect them and um, yeah, reciprocate because we're indebted as children. It's a lifelong debt. Right. And it's not like a it's not like a burden of debt. It's actually the most beautiful thing because um, we still get yeah we, the reward is there. Mm -hmm. Let's look at another question. Is it possible that through karma, that privilege of depending on someone doesn't come along? Good question. Through karma, be meaning because of karma, that privilege of depending on someone else isn't coming. Like you're talking about the privilege of, of, of depending yeah. on someone, like you're depending on your husband. Uh, that doesn't come along because of karma. That's entirely possible. Right, right. Like karma is such a, wow, like trying to understand karma is it's like trying to grasp you know krishna i feel like karma is so nuanced we don't really understand it it's so so nuanced like mm. you know prarabdha and yeah kuta and bija right <laughs> right there's right, so right. many layers there that uh even when krishna says sarva moksha shyami masucha like he's sarva papebhyo he says i'll take away all of your sins you know, it's still described that the prarabdha doesn't go away. There's so many little things that are there. Right. The body but, is a is a is the parabdha actually the prarabdha karma. Uh, that has to. That has to. Yeah, you have to. Therefore, you see devotees still suffering because that cannot be. Anyway, it's complicated. But coming back to this this uh, point about not having the privilege to serve someone, like let's say you don't have kids. Let's say you don't have a husband. I actually believe you can find someone to serve. Like right. you can just like look at Para. I talked to Parshram yesterday, and he is just oh, a little guy. <laughs> just someone to serve. Someone to serve back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where is there was yeah. Um, Parshram, he he's just serving like every needy person that comes by him. He, he finds a way to serve someone. Um, so, but 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 what's what's really important is this again that the service be a little bit uninterrupted and unmotivated right like it's all the same principles but the more reward i mean the greater the reward the closer it is to this uninterrupted and unmotivated and even in even in normal feelings therefore it is said that uh, you know the, the connection between a mother and a child is the closest thing to you know the love of krishna right. so so even so it's difficult like if you if you just volunteer somewhere once a week that reward in your life will be equivalent it will be proportionate right therefore therefore it is important that we make those sacrifices to find someone who is in it for the long haul so that we can make it uninterrupted, so that we can make the service last for the whole life. And, be, and then it becomes unmotivated. In the beginning, when I married my husband, it was probably motivated, let's be honest. But I, I can say truly that after 11 years, <laughs> it's becoming a little bit less motivated, a little bit. It becomes a little bit more of a, okay, this is, this is what it is. This yeah, is like all those 
parts that were there in the beginning are peeled off and it's just like yes. very much like raw and like what it it is all the way underneath and it's almost like this is the point of where we're supposed to get the right. whole beginning was like and that's where most people cut off when it gets hard but but it's true service true um this this act of giving ourselves is when it gets a little bit a little bit more difficult mm. And to the degree that we give ourselves, to that degree we shall reap the reward. And then it becomes, you know, transformational. Right. I think a follow-up with from Alina. So your suggestion to empower women is telling us to try to submit to another person through marriage. What about support nets of other women, family, community, friends? Oh, yeah. Yeah, abs absolutely essential part of, you know, even – even in the Vedic system, uh, the idea is that the eldest, the, the elders in the community, especially women, they have a very important role to play. They, they pass on this wisdom and this, this kind of guidance and inspiration to all the other women. And so I actively seek out old people. Like I kind of love them. Oh my God, me too. Me too, right? They're like the coolest people ever. Yeah. They have so much to give. They just, they, and they're becoming such a rare breed, you know, the ones yeah, that yeah. really gave their life to another person. So, so absolutely seek out people that you can serve. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be husband. I mean, I, I'm very aware that for most people, it's not that. For most people, it's, it's not going to be that. But this, this conversation is to just kind of share with you that the Vedic system, is actually very truly essentially feminist in the sense that it, it is truly empowering and for the benefit of women kind. It's right. not, that was, that's actually me sharing my success story with my husband or it's, it's just simply to share that, that I, there's no sense of, this oppression and uh, marginalizing and like, there's just no question of that. Mm. Uh, so I hope I'm making myself clear with that, that it's not meant to make anyone feel. Yeah. If it's not achievable or then, then there's other ways to serve. There, there absolutely, absolutely um, are other ways. Right. Uh, okay. Um, Trying to think of. Let's see. Here, Sana has a question. Is it even possible to speak of Sri Dharma without the social support structure that gives protection and safety to women? Very good question. Yes. Thanks, Sanika. And then, Western side doesn't really have the social structure. We have unqualified men and women who don't know how to make a Vedic marriage work. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. Uh, I would, I would uh, definitely definitely agree with you there that it's so essential. Um, one of the most common things that mothers nowadays are experiencing is this kind of postpartum depression. And um, my little two cents on that is it's almost like society keeps asking mothers this question that, oh, what do you do? Like, <laughs> like you're a mother, that's great. But what do you do? What yeah. do you really do? And, and this is, 
it, and, and we're doing it to ourselves as well. You know, like I already said before, I've, I've <laughs> the amount of moms that I know that doubt themselves or feel like they're not doing enough with their lives or somehow that fulfilling this role of motherhood is, is nice, but that's not the permanent situation. That's not who I am. That's not who, that's not who I really am. Mm. And this is a really important point for me to, um, to come to terms with myself. I remember having this identity crisis when the first one was born. I, like I said, I didn't even intend to have kids in that sense. I didn't make conscious. Yeah, we talked about it. Me and my husband, yeah, we'll have three kids, maybe really ambitious in that sense. But I wasn't, I, I didn't really think about it like that. I was like, yeah, we'll see, whatever, you know. So, so I remember having that kind of anxiety about what is, who, who am I? Sure, I'm a mother, but. I would say now, the more I explore exactly how fulfilled I've been and understand that I, I, I truly, truly could not be doing anything more important with my time than serving these children, serving Krishna by, by serving these children and my husband or serving, serving so that the world can have better human beings in it <laughs> that's my little yeah and, and, I, and i truly have to believe that in the to the core so that i can keep this kind of self-doubt at bay yes. and, and, and the same exact thing i would say to society and the triggers that when you meet a mother especially in this con don't like have this interaction with them as if this is kind of a secondary thing and yeah. I, I really feel that this is something that's lacking, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because in general, in society, in the Vedic society, there's no question about the, the supreme position, like I said, of motherhood, of a mother, of, a, you know, the Grihastashram. There's, it's not questioned that that's somehow a lower, you know, under kupa. Right. Like, okay, we, we get it. But, but most, most, uh, like, uh, even divine couples, they're couples, you know, that's, that's the actual position at the end. Uh, anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. So, so I agree with you, Sanika, that there's a real need for us as a society, especially ISKCON, to bridge that gap, like I said earlier, that I feel like so much has been lost and distorted in translation. So much has been, um, like, just... Even this idea about sex, it is truly become either a taboo or an obsession. It's, it's like dharma, artha, kama, moksha. Kama is literally on the same <laughs> sentence as dharma. So it is not, <laughs> it's not something that's, uh, that, that we need to really worry so much about. It's just a necessity that's there and it's, you're done with it. And actually, this is kind of, again, I come back to this thing of, of, of Indians don't obsess about sex. They don't, they don't have a taboo about it and they don't obsess about it. It's just there. It's just a natural part of life. And the reason why I'm saying that is because somehow it's become a taboo in Islam. Somehow it's become um, so distorted 
that we're oscillating between, oh my God, oh my God, oh, Brahmacharya can't even look at a woman. Oh my God. Well, if he right. has a fall down, he's going to fall down. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Brahmacharya, if you become a grihast, that's like, uh, yeah. you'll be all right. You might you most likely wrong. will become a grihast. <laughs> you most likely. And that, that that's the narrative that somehow women cause a fall down of men. Sure, it might be fact. Right. We don't, have, we don't have to like go on beating your drums about it. You don't have to be like obsessing about the fact that that is now, uh, you know, that's the end. It's a fall down. No, that's just the beginning. Okay, you fall down. You, and then that's the beginning of the spiritual journey. That's so, uh, yes, I feel like as a society, we need to definitely get on board with um, accepting women, not as a means of fall down, <laughs> not as a mothers are kind of there, but you know, the bondage Maya <laughs> into this material realm. Um, so, like I said, I did go through the phase where I thought it was all Prabhupada's fault. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, nah, it's just, it, <laughs> that's not what he's, that's not what he meant. That's not what he was saying. That's actually just something that's been taken out of context and then utilized by certain people for their own agenda. And this, we see it again and again, where certain people feel, actually, the scriptures can be used to justify almost anything. <laughs> Devil yeah. worship. It's in the Vedas. You know, anything you want, you can justify it. Right. You can almost. cherry pick. You can cherry pick any quotes and anything. pick them out and fit your own ideas. Yes. So, so, so a little bit of work to be done. Uh, and Sanaka, maybe you can help us out. Start a, <laughs> Start a petition. <laughs> right. Here's a, here's a looks like a question from Cap. As you say, you decide, but I think it's great that you are sharing your experience of a real path that is possible. How do you think we reach a mutual appreciation and acceptance of different paths? Good question. Yeah. Thanks, Cap. <laughs> uh, how do we reach a mutual appreciation? Yeah. Well, clearly there are many paths. You know, like I yeah. love I love the Bhagavad Gita because it, it's kind of like a solution to every problem. How did Krishna go about it? You know, there's of course bhakti yoga is easier and susukam kartumavyam. Yes, it's it's more joyous and it's the easiest, it's the quickest way home. Now, if that's not your inclination, getting married, um, it's not your inclination, get, having children is just maybe you've been traumatized. Maybe like I clearly decided I didn't, like I said. So I completely understand if someone says, I, I just, I can't do it. Yeah. There are definitely other ways. And the way we can bring about that appreciation is by understanding the philosophy in a deeper sense. By, by understanding this, that is the whole point. There's no question of force at any point. And when we realize that we're all just <laughs> in an absolute sense, each path is almost as good as the other, right? It's not like jnana, it, yeah, there's a ladder, but if it's going to do the job, it's absolute. It's an absolute truth. Krishna right. is an absolute truth, however you approach him. So how can we get more acceptance by realizing <laughs> the, the, the depth of acceptance in Krishna himself? 
by understanding that he accepts everyone exactly yeah. for who they are, you know, mm -hmm. like how many stories of him accepting people exactly who they are. Um, mm. I, I think it's a matter of maturity. I think it's a ma matter of maturity in our own spiritual practice that we can accept others. And if, it's almost as if like, if you can't, you're probably having a hard time accepting yourself as well. It's usually a sign that, yeah. I don't know if that answered any of it, Cap. <laughs> what about women that cannot have children? How should they approach the relationship with the partner? Uh-huh. That's a, yeah. I mean, I think it's up to you and your partner, really, or the woman and the partner, because a lot of these questions, I feel like, you know, it's a journey and you get to decide you, you know, you, you can explore that yourself. It's, um, and obviously, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but a lot of the times I feel like we, we look for answers with other people, but we have the answer. I feel like, you know, deep inside how you can go about something. If you can't have children. So be it. That's, that's, you know, maybe some sense you might be, lucky you know and you know i i tell people sometimes I t they ask me oh you know, I, you know i have this conversation with many women and i say it is it is it's a lot of work it is it's maybe you're having more time to do other uh you know study and do other uh, you know spiritual practices so right i i don't have time for literally anything else <laughs> And there's a lot of times I do, I wish I did. So there's a give and take. I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture here very much pro children and husband because uh, that's what the topic was about a little bit. But yeah, that could be a blessing. You know, it, it depends on how you utilize it. It depends on how you utilize that time. And like I said earlier, if we find something, someone to serve, someone worthy, we find that seva bhava and that surrender in guru or you know, some other senior Vaishnava, someone truly um, worthy of that yet. Um, but ultimately, I feel like there's so many discussions that should just be had between you and your partner. And it's an autonomous situation. Um, mm. You would you would be empowered to have that, that answer yourself. Right. Sorry for being such a cynic here, but probably her happiness is making her blind to the system, systematic oppression of women that manifests in the super high rates of uh, femicide in Latin America and Eastern countries and child marriage and sexual abuse, etc. Any comments on that? Yeah, um, I, I hear you. I do. I do agree that it's a real problem, um, but. It's, um, it's hard to explain it because growing up in India, I had never even heard about it. Never even heard about killing off a girl, uh, you know, female infanticide. Right. Um, so 30 years down the road, it's, it's such a complex issue in India. I don't know how it is in Latin America, but it's, it's a, it's a socioeconomic issue. It's very much interrelated with finance, being, you know, be, being able to afford children. 
So it's really interesting that we, we don't have the same problems with abortion as we do with female intent infanticide. Like, you know, I, I, I find that curious because why, why are we okay with that? Why are we okay with just killing of normal fetuses? But, but then it's, if it's just the female one that's been picked out, I get it. I get it. It's, you know, we're being, it's, it's females that are being targeted. But actually in India, it's just a matter of really not being able to afford the dowry, not being able to afford a child. Yeah. It's not necessarily targeted because she is a woman. Does that make sense? I feel like it's anyway. And um, I'm not trying to say that somehow Sridharma is the answer for all of this. No, I, I don't have the answer to any of it. Right. And um yeah, you know, I've I've had my journey from becoming cynic into this positivity right. journey, and every, everyone chooses to take it. I I definitely have come over to the positive side of it uh, because that was my choice, and I see the positivity, in it, and therefore I choose to live it. And that's everyone's choice. You can continue to be a cynic. That's <laughs> absolutely fair fair play. Yeah. There's some great comments on here. I I, I suggest everyone, Kishori, also please go check it out. But I'm going to just have these rest, a few rest, and we can uh, end there. Uh, what I take from this talk is that Kishori Prabhu has shown that she willingly made the choices that make her genuinely happy, happy in spite of appearing conservative to others. And that's a valuable message to women. Thank you, Alina, for that. Uh, I know you had previous questions and things like that. Uh, here's another question. How do you balance your spiritual practice with your motherly duties? How do you prioritize? Good question. Mm, yeah. Um, I've actually come to the conclusion that they, that this is my spiritual practice. Mm. It's non-different, really. Um, and, and in a true sense, because not that, not that we just let them just do whatever we want. There is a, <clears throat> a structure of spirituality at home. And so I, I can make that connection that we're trying our best to lead a spiritual life, which means that these are devotees, these children of mine. And meaning it's important to understand that this is a spiritual activity because it's in service of devotees. Right. It's only a spiritual activity because I'm serving devotees and I'm serving the Supreme Person through the devotees. So it's actually completely, uh, you know, there's no differentiation, especially according to the Siddhi Dharma uh, for, for us. And that's actually our ticket out. It's almost like Krishna says, you know, if you look after your children and you give them your love and your time, then that's your ticket out. <laughs> so uh. it's, you don't need to do anything else. Traditionally, women didn't even have to take initiation. I know most people are like, oh, well, that's demeaning or that's somehow, you know, I don't know, degrading. But I'm like, actually, uh, it makes so much sense to me because another thing I've realized is that on this path of motherhood, I actually, I feel like I've made the most spiritual advancement than, that I made in any other phase of my life, whether wow. I was uh, doing any other kind of service or chanting. And I've had a few very serious phases, 
And um, I truly believe that this, this, this role of mine, the amount of self-sacrifice that it takes, the amount of um, a humility and patience that it actually requires from me has allowed me to progress that much further spiritually because it, it, is, it is a spiritual practice. It has very little to do with, um, sorry, it has everything to do with how you look at it right. and, and what it, are you actually serving Krishna in, in that? Like, so it's important that we still serve Guru and Krishna yeah. for this to actually be meaningful. Siddhanta Prabhu wrote a quote in, in, the, in the comments from Prabhupada, taking care of children is just as important as doing deity worship. One right. service is not more important than the other. These children are not ordinary. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how do we, uh, sorry, do we have to put all women in the same category or, or, or we can apply the principle of being a bit dramatic here, food for one, poison for another, in, that, in the way that there could be a different dharma for every three, three meaning women? Yeah. Um, I mean, according to Sri Dharma, no. There, there is one dharma because um, it's interesting. Like I said, again, it's about accepting that we, we took this body for a reason, right? It, it, it sounds unfair when, you, when it's said like that, but no, everyone has to kind of understand that the way out is through service. Um, and within that... Um, now, Sri Dharma, whether you choose to become a mother or not, yeah. serving, serving, uh, like I said again, the whole psyche thing, you know, the Sri and Purusha energy for us to actually be able to benefit in, the, in this form, to be able to connect with the Supreme on a, on a meaningful level. I, according to the Vedic system, there isn't, um, yeah, there's, there isn't much room that everybody gets to just decide what their dharma is. Right, right. That's going to crucify me. <laughs> Probably going to be, that, that's going to be blipped out and be like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing's going to be blipped out. We're, we're good. No, meaning like, it's going to, oh, Krishna. I wish I, wish I could say that I, I, I don't have the liberty to say that because. That's not what Krishna says. It's not, mm. not something that, um, just like for a brahmana, it's not like you can be like I. I don't. I, I don't. Don't like these few choices. Shamadama, tapasocham. I feel like having a few of these other ones more. Like right. If you want to become a brahmana, then those are the ones you need to follow. You wanna, if you want to benefit from Sri dharma. And that's what you got to follow. It's about it's about what you want out of it. I mean, what about what about like all these? Um, we see all these like advanced women in in our Krishna conscious movement. They some didn't have any children or were married for very a very short time. Do you th do you think that? I mean, I would say that it's not necessarily that they didn't follow the street dharma, but they followed like. Bhagavad Dharma more? Yeah. Is that how you put it? Yeah, I mean, 
there is that obviously there's that argument that that um everything you know at the end of the day it's right, right. you right. don't have to follow any of it but it, it depends like i said earlier it depends on obviously where you're at i mean if you are truly 100 percent surrendered to krishna right depending on the quality and the quantity and the sincerity of our surrender we shall get that protection from krishna you know he says it himself right um uh, even about women he says what is it mami he says and any that's that's even a- women even women if they <laughs> surrender unto me it's very important for me to point this out because I feel like I feel like we take offense when stuff like this is said. We take offense. And I did it. I did it. And I understand I understand why we take offense. But this is yeah. Krishna saying that even women, why would he have to qualify it if women had did not have slightly different parameters? You know, Vaishyas, Shudras. Papa Yoon, anyways, getting sidetracked. Yeah. Of course, you can, um, you know, transcend all your dharmas. But it, 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 it comes at, its, at a price. There is a small risk that if you fail this ultimate dharma, the Bhagavad dharma, if you fail to actually go through with this 100% surrender, then the cost might be a little bit greater. So, Maybe better to take baby steps. Maybe better to do the dharmas that come along your path. Yeah. Uh, then, then try to obviously Shri Prabhupada's mood with his mercy. We can. This can be our last life. He was all about making this our last life. Yeah. You know, taking his help, holding on to him. But but that involved that involved you know the the mood of the devotees that were around when Shri Prabhupada. And they're still around, but but the amount of service that they did, I mean, I'm just being honest. I there's no chance, there's no way that I can follow that level of dedication, determination, selflessness. Now, if 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 someone has that truly, if someone is living that and breathing it, like what my mom says, she used to go out giving out books twelve hours a day. <laughs> if you have that level, you don't need no dharma. Yeah, you're. But you're, most of us do. You're done. You're 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 yeah. you're gonna be taken care of, you know. Yeah. But for most of us, right? Most women, it's just this. It's. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like I've said what I needed to. I'm. I really... <laughs> <laughs> this was awesome, Kishori. Thank you so much. I really appreciate I, it. I, 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 I think a lot of people appreciated it too. I mean. It was on the, you know, it was not according to what's generally spoken, but that's what this podcast is really about, to hear things that are not really talked about and also f- uh, from someone's experience. I mean, how can we fault someone's experience? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like I, I would never, you know, right, right from the beginning, I was saying, I, I don't want to do this specifically because it, it you can't come off any other way other than being preachy because at the end of the day you you have to say that yes there is a three dharma and that's that that was really what's been holding me back for so long because yeah who who am i to preach like that's that is not the intent here but 
I got to take one for the team because it's like there is a reality here. There is a, an ultimate eternal truth here. And um, of course, we can choose <laughs> uh, our path, but uh, it's, not, it, it's important that we know that there, that there is also uh, this option. Right, right. So um, I'd like to um, end here just because we are out of time. And um, what did I want to say? I wanted to – do you have any concluding statements? Just like a short concluding statement. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Make it all into one sutra for us. Hmm. Oh, right. Give me – like, I feel like I've kind of – Yeah. If you don't, that's okay. Right. It boils down again and again for me to understanding that it's an opportunity of service and that there is no other way out. Like service. You know, I, I remember when growing up when I heard we are eternal servants of God. Yeah. That used to trigger me. I didn't, I didn't used to like that. I'd be like, I don't want to be a servant. And um, it's so interesting because obviously spiritual material dynamic is totally opposite. A servant here is the lowest. Yeah. Servant in the spiritual world is the highest. Yeah. And just from now with a little bit of life experience, this is the conclusion for me. That if we can find someone to serve, that is the essence. That is just, just um, and the closer that we can make it to uninterrupted and unmotivated, um, the more fulfilling it will be for us. And to me, the way I view Sri Dharma is that's, that's what it's, it's facilitating. That's it. It's simply facilitating a platform for me as a woman to be able to achieve like deep sense of satisfaction and joy through being able to serve someone in the long run in a meaningful way that will be unmotivated and uninterrupted. Hmm. And therefore I know that the process works because I can see it in my life. I can see that by serving unmotivatedly and uninterruptedly, I am experiencing joy. I'm experiencing the sense of liberation. Yeah. yeah. Experiencing the sense of freedom and independence from my own anarthas and my own mind and, and therefore, I know for a fact that if I serve Krishna with the same motivation, it's, it's going it, it's, it's to work because I can see it in action now in this lifetime. Wonderful. I love that perspective. Thank you so much, Kishori. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, Kishori is also a uh, – she's like an online celebrity. I mean you, you, had a, you had a viral video that had like uh, what, 30 million, 10 million views or something of you and your family doing kirtan. If you haven't seen that, go check it out on her page. Uh, just put her name in the search bar and you'll see, you'll see it on Facebook. If you have any questions for Kishori, I'm sure you, you can message her and, and, and have this. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of messages from this, which is good. Oh, God. <laughs> that should be my concluding statement please forgive me like, like if you've been offended and you feel you know like i've said something that triggers you um i ask for your forgiveness you know i think we have to 
I think we also have to remind ourselves that just because someone has a different perspective or a different idea than us doesn't make them evil or doesn't make them bad. It just makes them different. And we have to appreciate differences in opinion, even within the devotee community. There's so many differences of opinion. And I think regardless, that regardless, I feel like if a devotee feels hurt or offended, right. I'm going to get karma. Right. <laughs> so right. Even, even but if your, they, intention, but your intention was not, your intention yeah. was not to hurt anyone. So, mm -hmm. But that that was one risk of going live with this topic. That yes, you know, I think it was wonderful. We don't have any devotees? We don't want to disturb any devotees. And yeah, um, if you can find it in your heart to forgive me, perhaps. Right. <laughs> so that's episode uh, forty-six. Please go to my website, uh, the late uh, late morning show. Subscribe to my channel on YouTube. Subscribe to my Facebook page. I'm basically having weekly episodes all the way until the end of the year. I'm trying to hit 100 episodes. Wow. So you're going to get new content every week, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, Kishori, stay on. I'm going to... Um, also, I just want to give you a shout out. Like my husband's a huge fan. Everyone I oh. know listens to this. So if anyone's listening for the first time, this is the real deal. <laughs> real. I'm a big fan of Birju. Big shout out to Birju for, for, for taking care of the kids. Well, four, oh, four yeah. kids while Kishori spends you know, two and a half, almost two and a half hours talking about a, a great subject matter. But Kishori, oh. stay on. I'm going to turn off the live. Thank you All everyone right. for listening. Thank you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna.